you're listening to the Knowing Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. Last week we wrapped up our first series which focused on the topic of loss and grief. And honestly, I feel so grateful for the women who courageously shared their stories. Each one had such a unique experience and I consider their honesty and vulnerability to be such a gift to this podcast. I've been very excited to start our new series today on maternal mental health. You might know that I've become very passionate about the subject of mental health since being diagnosed with a severe perinatal mood disorder early last year after our youngest was born. This is really recent for me uh, and this recent life-changing diagnosis has changed everything about how I view the brain, its function and ability to malfunction, and just how important daily cognitive discipline is. One of the most difficult parts of my own journey was struggling to find resources on my specific anxiety disorder that was written with biblical wisdom from a Christian perspective and that provided hope. I found articles on postpartum depression that were honestly pretty vague and made me more afraid because there were no trigger warnings regarding the heavy content. It seemed that they lacked a certain sensitivity that's very needed for mothers who are walking through these disorders. My goal for this new series is to provide resources for the mother who's in the same position that I found myself in almost two years ago. We'll be diving in deep to better understand the spectrum of perinatal mood disorders, including postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, and psychosis. We will be discussing prevention, cognitive discipline, emotional health, and how to understand maternal mental health issues well so that you can serve other moms in your life who need support. You're going to receive resources, hear stories of recovery and hope, and also the truth about God's real presence and power and the power of his word to help our minds be renewed. In addition, my guests and I will be covering the topic of shame, the importance of rest and necessary self-care, and also how the church can better support their members who are suffering silently. Okay, I'm excited. You can tell, right? Today, my guest is Heather Kofer. She is a mama to four and is also a writer who will soon be releasing her first book, Expectant, Cultivating a Vision for Christ-Centered Pregnancy. Heather has a beautiful heart and shares so openly about her journey through unexpected depression and physical health issues in several of her four pregnancies. We talk about how important it is to reject the pull towards a self-focused pregnancy why that decision is so great for our emotional health, uh, how to serve other mothers well, and why fear of rejection shouldn't stop us from reaching out. Here's my conversation with Heather. Hey Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored. 
it's going to be really fun to talk about our subject today um, because I, I personally don't hear people talking about um, having an emotionally, like focusing on what it means to have an emotionally healthy pregnancy. Mm. But you and I both know what it's like to walk through hard things in pregnancy and mm-hmm. to have the the struggle bit you know between balancing our emotions and balancing you know the the physical stuff that we're dealing with as well and so i'm excited to hear your story and to discuss a little bit more into some of these things pertaining to emotional health in pregnancy so mm-hmm. do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, your family, and all that? Sure. Well, um, I have been married to my husband, Judah, for a little bit over eight years. Um, This is kind of unique, but we met on the mission field when we were 12 years old. Both of us were missionary kids. Uh, I grew up in the country of Mongolia with uh, with my parents and seven siblings. Um, so, so, um, that was special to grow up with my husband and then we have four little kiddos. Um, they are ages six, four, two and a half and one. We have two boys and two girls and I get to stay home with them, which is, uh, such a joy and privilege and it definitely keeps me on my knees, but (laughs) I love it. And, um, we, shortly after we got married, we moved out to Colorado to attend a small discipleship training school here. And we've been out here ever since. Okay. Okay. And is that Ellerslie? Yes, that's Ellerslie. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Jasmine Howell, who is, um, a mutual friend of ours who was on the podcast, um, as well, she also attended there, right? Yes. She and Mike did. And is that how you guys met? That is how we met. Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. When they came out, they came out in, uh, I believe it was 2014. And we hit it off right away. And mm-hmm. she has been such a special friend ever since. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been really, really special to, um, even though she lives far away, to have that connection with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you guys seen her each other since? Then? Yes, um, oh, okay. they've been able to make it out here to Colorado a few times, um, and stayed with us a couple of those times. And um, yeah, nice. yeah, we just really have got to connect over a lot of things. Um, I know she she shared uh, her journey about infertility, and um, we really we really. Uh, connected over things having to do with infertility or pregnancy or motherhood and as she was walking through her journey yeah that's really neat oh it's so good to have friends to to walk through that stuff with for Mm -hmm. sure okay well would you mind sharing your motherhood story with us yeah absolutely well um i that's probably my longest standing dream was to be a mom. I remember being like five and just that's, that's what I always wanted to do. And, um, I, uh, I got married when I was young and the Lord had been doing a lot in my life. Um, 
for the few years previous um, of just aligning my focus and uh, I really that that childhood dream became something that he showed me was his his vision for for my life um, to just really prize being a wife and a mom um, if that was what he was calling me to so um, I really had no desire to wait to have kids uh, after after we got married Um, my husband needed a few more months to get to get (laughs) geared up for that than I did (laughs) but um, yeah, it wasn't too long, probably six or seven months into our marriage that we both really felt like, yeah, we'd love to start having kids. Um, but, uh, it wasn't something that happened, um, right away. Like I was kind of expecting it to. So, um, that began a really, that began a really difficult, but really, needed journey of learning to trust the Lord with becoming a mom and um, taking this dream that he had put on my heart and then surrendering it back to him when um, it seemed like there might be a possibility that I may not be able to have children. Um, mm-hmm. And so so motherhood became, well, I realized that the Lord well, the Lord revealed to me that it had become something that was, um, that I was elevating above him and that I desired more than him. And so he used those months of waiting to bring that out and to realign my focus. And, um, I was after a few months of waiting, um, and just praying and laying that before him, um, and surrendering that back to him, he surprised us. Uh, it was not in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't very long. Those months of waiting felt really long, mm. but, um, it was a little over a month after our first anniversary that, that the Lord surprised us with our, well, with the first positive pregnancy test. <laughs> so there's yeah. nothing like that first first little two lines or whatever it was that you saw. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes. There's nothing quite like that. (laughs) It's always exciting, but that very first time is just, it's just in a whole different category. Yes. (laughs) Of excitement and awe. Yeah. What was that like for you? Boy, well, um, I was, well, I was shocked. Um, I had gone to get the pregnancy tests without telling my husband. Um, I was having a doctor's appointment later that week and I had been having some odd health things going on. And um, I wanted to go into the appointment and just tell her that my doctor, that I had already ruled out pregnancy. So my whole reason in doing it was not even thinking that I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. but just wanting to let her know that I had already checked and I wasn't. So, um, I, (laughs) oh man, I just, I, I just, I remember I started shaking and I was just like, I was, I went back and forth between saying like, no way, 
to like, <laughs> thank you, Lord. And I was just in complete shock. And mm-hmm. I came out um, of the bathroom and my husband was sitting at a desk and um, with his back to me. And I was just like, um, <laughs> uh, honey, <laughs> he's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> and I just, I couldn't even get the words out. I just like, uh, I, um, ah, uh, and he turns around and he looks at me and he says, are you pregnant? <laughs> and I was like, I think so. So he just guessed it. I couldn't Aww. even get the words out, but, um, that will Aww. go down in my life as one of the most precious and, and significant moments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Yeah, it, and it feels really mm-hmm. surreal when you've had to wait for it, right? Like, even more so. Yes. Um, just that moment is really significant. And um, so, it is. Yeah, so what was the pregnancy like? And what were, yeah, just keep going with your, your story. Yeah, sure. Well, that pregnancy was, um, that, it was a fairly normal pregnancy um it had it's about 14 or 15 weeks of morning sickness and well actually it was all day sickness I'm not sure who came up with the term morning (laughs) morning sickness because uh it can it could be in the morning but it could be all day so um yeah just walking through all I think the refinement that comes with pregnancy, even a fairly standard one, quote unquote, standard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But we actually ended up going to, um, to Thailand to have our first baby. Um, My family uh, lives over there and my husband's family still lives in Mongolia. So we just figured, hey, let's go over there where everyone can be there because the chances of people being able to come over to this side of the world were rather slim. Oh, so, okay. Um, okay. yeah, so it was quite the adventure. And I'm, I've now said, I, you know, people, people looked at us like we were crazy. And I yeah. think now after the experience of very luxurious western hospitals i i think i can see now why people thought we were a little bit crazy but right but it makes sense but yeah 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 <laughs> but all in all it was it was um the pregnancy was was good and the lord taught me so much through that pregnancy and um just about what it looks like to walk with him through the unique circumstances of bearing a child and the things that come with that, whether that's hormone shifts or an achy back or um, uh, cravings or, you know, all just all mm-hmm, those things mm-hmm. that are new and um, yeah. you've never really experienced to that extreme before. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was... Um, it was a refining and and beautiful season that that first pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, he our first child, uh, a boy, was also a very very high maintenance baby. So um, 
he kind of gave us a run for our money, especially in the sleep department. So, mm-hmm. um, that was, I was, that was probably harder than the pregnancy itself, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that was, that was an, a whole, a whole nother journey of, <laughs> of trusting the Lord yeah, when everything was yes. completely turned on its head. Well, and so. you're, you're dealing with another new thing, which is sleep deprivation. Right? Yes. So when it's right. your first child and, and if they are a little bit more high needs like that, yeah, it can be, it can be challenging for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, when we were talking earlier, you were mentioning um, just kind of the, the progression of difficulty that happened in your, in your, the remaining or the next three pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So as I said, the first pregnancy was fairly normal. And then the second one, um, I started noticing that my immune system was pretty, was pretty low. And so I got sick a lot during my, my second pregnancy. And there were also some unique health uh, other actually other people other family members were having unique challenges um my uh my mother-in-law who lives overseas was having some health issues and came back um i was about 7 months 7 and a half months pregnant at that point and um she came back and uh, very early in the testing, they realized that she had cancer. And so mm. she ended up staying with us for six months while she was going through treatment. And then the rest of my husband's family came back during that time too, all but one brother, and stayed stayed with us. So um, it was a very intense season. And I think that wow. that contributed to uh, some of my health issues as well. Just, you know, the, the stress of wanting to care for, you have a a little one to care for, you're nearing the end of pregnancy and then having a very dear family member walking through such a significant, um, and also having them living with you. Exactly. That's all, that is a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a lot for sure. Yeah. Stress will do a number on your body for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that that's another aspect of of that pregnancy that the Lord used very specifically uh, in my life to teach me about, you know, I think because we we often hear the message that when we're pregnant, it's all about us, and mm. that we should only focus on ourselves. And at least that, that's one thing that I've heard quite a bit, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, this is about you and you need to be um, making sure that you come first. And I think that there's definitely wisdom in making sure that you're caring for your body appropriately because mm-hmm. I think that n- neglecting yourself can, can cause a lot of problems too. But, um, but when you become, when you do give in to the idea that, because you're pregnant, it's all about you, then it can cause, you know, it can cause a lot of other problems. And I think that, Mm. that my, even some subconscious thinking was being really challenged during that season when I, you know, those things were being pushed against those unknown areas in my life, um, of maybe unseen selfishness that I had seen in areas that I had given into that idea that, that, I, I 
had an excuse to not be, you know, to not be thinking about others is more important than myself. So, um, Mm -hmm. God highlighted that and walked me through that. And it was such a gift as I look back on it to, to be able to have someone in that season, um, who was in significantly greater need than myself, who I was able to serve and love and, um, as she was walking through a very difficult time. Um, so that, that was what made that, mm -hmm. go ahead. (laughs) No, no, I totally just got in. I no, I just, it made me want to ask you uh, a question about, um, do you think that, because you're talking about how we're kind of fed this message that pregnancy is all about the mother Mm-hmm. And, you know, that she should almost be catered to. Do you think mm-hmm. that stems largely just from media? Like, Yeah, I definitely think that media has something to do with that. Um, and I think that because naturally we're wired to be selfish, you know, in our, in our, yes. own, in our sinfulness, that we will either consciously or subconsciously gravitate toward those messages because we want an excuse to to make it about ourselves often. And I, I know at least that's what it's been like for me as I've walked through these things where I've had to uh, really ask the Lord to help reveal those things, especially during pregnancy when emotions can be so much more volatile. Um, I found that it's much easier to, and I'm much more vulnerable to those kinds of lies. And so that is one thing that, um, I have really had to ask the Lord to help me to be aware of because so often those can come in without realizing them or, you know, or someone will say something that's true, like make sure you're taking care of yourself or make sure you're getting enough sleep or make sure you're getting enough rest. And if we're not in the right, if I'm not in the right mindset, then I can take that and twist it and make it (laughs) a reason Mm. to be selfish. So for me, it's Mm. been a lot of that asking the Lord to help refine my motives and help me to have an outward focus, even when I am hearing, um, the message is whether it's from media or whether it's from other people. I, I had it said to me a lot when I was, whether I was at the grocery store or even from some well-meaning um, Christian people that, you know, basically that you have a license to be more selfish because you're pregnant <laughs> or you have a license to be self-focused because because you're pregnant and that was something that through these four pregnancies the Lord has really challenged and shown me that there is mm. you know there is no allowance in scripture it doesn't say you know uh rejoice always except when you're pregnant or you know consider others yeah. as more important than yourself except when you're pregnant <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a combination of the world and then our own, our own, the fight against our own flesh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for, for explaining that a little bit more. I think that's, it's good for us to remember that, that Mm -hmm. there's different things that contribute to that, that struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in your second pregnancy you did it you were experiencing these immune system struggles you Mm -hmm. had your mother-in-law was battling 
cancer mm-hmm. family was around a lot and you were mm-hmm. you had a toddler um what did things look like for you going forward and for your family yeah well um things I think the the adjustment period of that was probably harder than the second part of it once the baby was there and we were you know we had um kind of gotten accustomed to the the new normal for that season um and um then that next year was fairly uneventful um and then I uh, a year after we had our second I got pregnant with my third and um that pregnancy was um that brought a greater level of physical struggles um one was that I started having really severe back and hip problems which made excruciating pain in my legs especially mm-hmm. but um so that was part of it and then due to some hormonal things we believe um it also brought about something that as we look back we it was probably um probably depression um but it came really out of the blue and um as we talked to other people and sought counsel and really prayed we we really think it was just some some uh some physical things that were largely outside of my control that I just had to walk through mm. so um that was a whole different journey in and of itself uh, mm. of learning what that looked like to walk through that and allow the lord to 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 guide me in this very unknown territory um I'm usually a pretty cheerful person and um, I can often, I'm often a, um, you could probably, uh, like a mild Pollyanna, (laughs) (laughs) Um, someone who just sees, always seeing the silver lining and so to be in a place where I felt like I was constantly in a fog and Mm. like everything was wrong even when I knew that nothing was actually wrong was a very new thing for me Mm. and uh the Lord used that very significantly in my life and then um the next pregnancy was my fourth which happened um um, they've all happened around the same time, around the same time that the youngest turns one is when I've gotten pregnant again. <laughs> and, um, that one was by far the most challenging pregnancy. Um, I, my health really took, uh, a nosedive for a little while. I started having chronic migraines which I had never experienced before and um, some of the other long-term health issues that I had dealt with came up and uh, which usually I had some relief from during pregnancy Um, my my back and hip issues and nerve issues started very early on in the pregnancy which they think was probably a result of 
too much of the hormone that makes your body relax. (laughs) Um, and so it started, uh, about halfway, maybe a little over halfway through my, um, my first trimester. So, um, pretty much the whole pregnancy I had to deal with, um, pretty significant pain. And then I also went through another season of what we think was kind of hormonally induced mild depression. So that was, that was a big, uh, another, um, big process of learning to trust the Lord. And another part of that was that as we've always wanted a big family, but we had wanted to wait a little bit longer and it actually ended up being the pregnancies that were closest together. And so that really threw me for a loop, even walking through, like, I, I, I love this child and I wanted more children, but I don't think I was ready yet. Mm-hmm. And wrestling with those things with the Lord too, of, you know, this is really, it's really hard on my body and I'm struggling emotionally. And, um, I was already feeling very, very inadequate as a mom to three. And, um, so I was walking through a, a season of really having to trust God that he knew what he was doing when he gave us the fourth child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but then he came along and he is our little sunshine baby and everyone in our family just adores him and he has him being a part of our family has exponentially increased the love in our family and um I just see over and over again God's wisdom in the timing of allowing him to come into our lives Mm -hmm. when he did and the Lord again showing me that he was in control of of um the timing of each of our kids and Mm-hmm. become not only becoming a mother the first time but the second time and the third time and the fourth time mm-hmm. so that's so beautiful that you can look back and see that and recognize that I think sometimes life gets so busy and so full that we don't we miss a lot of those markers of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and I um, I mourn I a lot of those moments missed mm-hmm. in my own life because of the many uh, challenging things that the Lord has allowed us to walk through mm. and how I didn't and be, and because of how I maybe didn't respond um, in the healthiest way to those things. Mm. Um, and yeah, but I love that you're looking back and you're saying, I see where God was working, even though at the time I, I didn't understand it. And that's really beautiful. You have so much to share, I'm sure, about all of those different ways that God um, spoke into your life and taught you, you know, with each um, challenge that you faced. Mm -hmm. So one of those challenges um, was that um, you had received a diagnosis of PCOS. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, share a little bit about what that is and kind of how, how God used that to draw you closer to himself? Yes. So... Um, a few months after we really started trying to conceive was when I was diagnosed with PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so basically they had seen, um, what they thought were a whole bunch of cysts on my ovaries and, um, 
and I have had some other uh, kind of hard to pin down health struggles um, and I think all of that kind of led to this this diagnosis and um, when I first heard from the doctor I, I was given I was called and he told me and then that was that and I was like I wonder what this is so I went and I looked it up and I saw like the very first the very first um, symptom was infertility and mm-hmm. I was just devastated. I was like, oh Lord, that you know this has been my lifelong dream. I don't know how to, I don't know how to process this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was what contributed to that really difficult waiting period and, and really wrestling with maybe this will never be a reality is having biological children. Um, but then um, I, I did the Lord, the Lord um, in his mercy and love um, chose to give us a child when we, when we were kind of to the point of, of especially me, when I was to the point of beginning to feel like I could, I, I could lay that down before the Lord and, um, trust that into his hands. Um, so that was an incredible surprise, but in, um, in the years since then, as we've talked to other doctors, um, and had multiple screenings and other things, they have, we've been informed that they, they believe it's, that was a misdiagnosis. Um, so, however, you know, it can be, it can be so easy to think, well, was that whole summer of, of struggle just a waste? Um, but I have, the Lord's really given me a lot of peace that he knew what he was doing when he allowed mm-hmm. me to hear that diagnosis and that it was something that I needed to walk through, um, in order to, be tested in my in my belief that God is sufficient and that he is enough and that he is the one who satisfies my soul and not children. Have you ever wondered if he actually just healed you? I have wondered that. Um I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um if he did, if he did just take that away and if he did heal me. Um and so whether it is a misdiagnosis or whether he did just miraculously heal me, um, I know that walking through that was not for nothing and it wasn't mm-hmm. a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's perspective that we only gain when we're looking back. Right? Totally, yep. Yeah. When you, at the beginning when you were sharing, you were talking about just how when you read the symptoms of PCOS, you saw infertility and you just had this I thought, you know, go through your mind, which I have experienced as well. So I understand mm-hmm. it. And it's just really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like what? I might not be able to have children. Mm-hmm. That's, that is so, so hard. Um, was it difficult for you to, it's a big word, but surrender that desire to God? Mm-hmm. Was that a, was it that a real kind of push and pull type of situation with the Lord? Like, what did that look like for you? Hmm. 
Yeah, there's probably not been anything else in my life that has been so difficult to surrender. And it's such a strange feeling because you know, ultimately, you don't have any control over it. Yeah, yeah. But you want control over it. And there is that, that for me, there was that, I think the Lord had to reveal in me a sense of, like, uh, you know, the, maybe a sense of entitlement to that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that I have, you know, you say in your word that being a mother is a good thing and caring for your children is a good thing. And, mm-hmm. and I have forsaken the route of other things that could be more, um, maybe the world would look at as more successful or uh, more attractive. And so why, if I choose this, are you, you know, why would you want, why would you take that away? And so I think that that was, yeah. yeah, And he really revealed um, in the weeks following just a sense of, too, there was a lot of pride there thinking that, you know, you know, if I do this, then I'm entitled to this. And so he really convicted me of that attitude of, you know, you, you deserved to live forever apart from me. And I gave you my son so that you could be with me for all eternity. And that is so much more than you deserve. And anything beyond that is an undeserved gift. And so I had to walk through that, but I, it was something that was pretty deep rooted and it was, there were a lot of tears that came along with that and a lot of, um, uh, probably some feelings of despair. Um, I didn't really want to be around people and it was just around the time when people start hinting (laughs) about you having kids you know or it was just like hey you're coming up on one year when are you going to start seeing you know (laughs) when are we going to hear some news and so every time I heard that it was like salt in a wound and um even that was you know I had to choose to I had to really I had to surrender that to the Lord and the surrender was really really hard um and so it was only by the grace of God. Like I, I remember there were times when I said, Lord, I don't even think on my own I can surrender this. I, I, I have to have you do it. Like mm-hmm. you have to give me the grace to surrender because um, on my own, I know in my own strength, I can't actually do it. And no, it is really difficult, mm-hmm. um, especially when, like you were saying, that these feel like they're God-given desires, Yeah. Right? Right. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good desires. Yeah. But it is hard. Infertility, loss, all of these things are such delicate subjects. Yes. And they are so personal. Mm-hmm. And they go, you know, anything that's said really can can cut deep, right? Yeah, it really sure. can. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're talking about having a, an emotionally healthy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So how can a mother exemplify what it looks like? to be like Christ in her pregnancy when she's faced with these kinds of comments. Mm. It's really challenging. What do you think? Yeah. Well, one thing that I know is a weakness in my own life and something I have to be very watchful of is um, being easily offended. 
And so I think that that was in the beginning, even before becoming a mom, when we were just in the process of working through these things. And as I was wrestling through these things and, and learning how to surrender them to the Lord, um, but he, he really had to, to teach me to think about it from his perspective. And um, with comments like that, I had to, even though now I would really encourage there to be very, very, uh, well, to, and I would encourage a lot of sensitivity around questions like that and how you ask them and um, that for those who are on the receiving end, for me, I had to learn that they, most of the time, they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to extend the grace and forgiveness of God um, toward them, knowing that they probably had no idea how it was coming across. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then during pregnancy, that was a huge thing for me. Was I, especially during my first pregnancy, there were a couple of times when people unintentionally hurt my feelings. Um mm-hmm they were completely unaware of it and Mm. it was so hurtful for me that it, and, and then, then I actually took that to heart and it caused several years of struggle. Those roots, I had allowed them to go deep. And so then it took, it did take a while. I saw, like you were saying, there were, there were repercussions Mm. for quite a while because I had, hugged that offense to my chest and allowed that to sink into me and um, to cause bitterness. And um, that was that was damaging mostly to me. You know, it was really... Yeah, yeah. And they didn't even know. It's funny how sometimes you think that holding on to that bitterness will be, in a way, like you hear the lies that it will get them back, but ultimately it, you know, it might, they might see it, they might not, but ultimately it's going to be detrimental to us and, Mm -hmm. and then with our relationship with the Lord and it cuts off that flow of grace to be able to forgive as he has forgiven us. Yes. I love that, Heather. I love that so, so much. Um, it, it, it's super helpful to remember, to be reminded that, those choices, our responses to others mm-hmm. matter so much mm-hmm. because if we don't respond well in whatever way it is, right? Mm-hmm. For you, it may be holding on to some bitterness or mm-hmm. feeling offended. For me, it was retracting, mm-hmm. not communicating. It was pulling back, right? Those, those things hurt us. And mm-hmm. so I love that. I just love it. Awesome. Mm. Uh, it's just such good wisdom to to take. Mm. For mothers to hear this, I think, again, if we go back to this idea that w- everything's about us, right? Mm-hmm. And we hear all the stories. I think a lot of women going into pregnancy, they hear all the stories of how people could be insensitive and they hear mm-hmm. these different things. And so that can really shape the way that they respond. Totally. Um, but I love that I love your your wisdom there that we really are the ones who are affected by this. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then so yeah, just to add to that too, I think the one thing that the Lord 
has shown me a lot because you see you see a lot of what uh, maybe surrounding pregnancy or motherhood or you know these very sensitive topics you see a lot of things that are like you know articles or blog posts like 10 things you should never say to a mom who's expecting or you know mm. five things you should never say to uh someone who has ha- had lost or you know and I do I I think that sometimes it's difficult to know it like it can it can create a lot of like for me I then become fearful to say anything and yes, yeah and that yeah. can also be because as the body we're called to love and care for one another mm-hmm. and um as I've walked through being on either side, either the receiving side or or the the side that is called to reach out and to to show love. Um, I think that what the Lord showed me is I'm just responsible for my obedience, not the way that someone responds. So, like if I'm on the receiving yeah. end of that comment. They might not have done the right thing, but I'm responsible before the Lord for how I respond to it. Mm-hmm. And I can leave them in his hands. Yes. And then it relieves yes. us of that burden of feeling like we have to be responsible for their, their, uh, f- for their response, um, their questions, their, maybe their insensitivity on that side. And then on the other side, also being willing to, to learn how is the best way to ask those kinds of questions or to broach those kinds of subjects Mm -hmm. because sometimes we really do need to talk about it and we're really longing for someone to give a listening ear and to understand but um but I think people are often they don't want to say the wrong thing so they don't say anything at all Mm. and might be worse yeah because it Mm. almost makes it feel like then they don't care and so for me as I've asked the Lord how you know knowing how much it how difficult it is to to receive the insensitive comments I've asked the Lord to show me how how to learn how to broach those subjects in a way that shows love and care and um but that if I've never done it before I might not be good at it at the beginning, and so I need to be humble and even say, "So, how is it helpful to talk to you about these things?" Or, um, yeah. "How how is going to be the best way to love you?" Or, you know, and really opening it up, being willing to learn, um, but not being afraid to broach those subjects. Yeah, and it's being it's being vulnerable mm-hmm. in a way to ask somebody how um, to. Um, support them Mm -hmm. um, you know communication wise especially in situations like that Mm -hmm. I think our pride really gets in the way too yeah for sure yeah and that's a that's really like you're saying it is hard it's really difficult to know how to be the one asking questions and likewise you know and being on the receiving end is also can be really difficult as well Mm -hmm. so everything just needs to be done with a lot of grace like yes and thinking before speaking is a good one. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think it's better to ask how someone's doing than not. Yeah. I actually, you, you made me think of this subject of 
the things that we say to a mom in pregnancy mm-hmm. or after in postpartum uh-huh. about her appearance. Uh-huh. <laughs> because this is another really difficult one. It is. And I, I honestly am guilty even after all the different things I've experienced in, in pregnancy, I still sometimes make the mistake of telling a mom that she looks really great mm. um, rather than digging deeper and mm. saying, like, how are you doing? Mm. Like, what, you know, are you mm-hmm. doing good? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, you know, even in recent years, I kicked myself <laughs> walking yeah. away from the conversation because I'm just like, that was just shallow. Mm. Like, you know, it was like you were just trying to say something to say something. And yeah, yeah. it's maybe in those cases, it's, it's better not to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it's so hard to navigate. <laughs> Yes, but we have to be willing. And I mean, there's a time and a place to compliment a mother who's pregnant. Yeah, right? Totally. There's a time and a place yes. to compliment a mom who's eight weeks postpartum uh-huh. and, and appears to be making an effort to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay to do that. Yeah. It's not wrong. Right. It's just that I think sometimes we default to the more shallow yeah. The more shallow comment. Yes. Do you agree? <laughs> yes, for sure. And yeah. I do think a lot of that does have to do with uh, not wanting to me. I don't know whether it's being afraid to get into those co- topics or sometimes those mm-hmm. things can be can be awkward or it's the wrong place and, and wrong time or or it, it can be so many things that contribute it can to that. Be. It can be. And I, I think one for me has been fear of rejection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many other people deal with the same thing. Just not being afraid to approach someone and say, you know, how are you doing? And having them clam up and not respond and mm-hmm. it being awkward. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I just recorded something um, very recently where I, um, for the podcast, where I, I say that basically it's still worth the risk. Mm to ask Mm -hmm. or to encourage Mm -hmm. and like you were saying earlier it's just really about us being obedient Mm -hmm. and caring and reaching out Mm -hmm. and how another person responds well we're we're just not we're not responsible for that Mm -hmm. but we are responsible to listen to the promptings Mm -hmm. of the holy spirit so yeah yeah okay well let's Let's offer some encouragement, or rather, you can offer some <laughs> encouragement to um, a mother who is not enjoying her pregnancy. Mm. Um, this is a really difficult thing, right? Because um, for some women, we can experience challenges in our pregnancies, but we can still enjoy a lot about it as well. Mm-hmm. But there are mothers who, you know, whatever the, the situation going on in their life is, or whatever those physical challenges are, or hormonal they really don't actually, they can't really say that they love pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing there's a lot of guilt that can go along with that for moms in that situation. So, you know, yeah. What kind of encouragement would you offer a mom who is in that situation, who's feeling overwhelmed Mm. by her emotions and everything else kind of going on in her pregnancy? Yeah. Well, I think that there can be a glamorization of pregnancy you know you hear Mm -hmm. about the pregnancy glow and how and you do there is something about seeing a pregnant woman that is really precious and um 
and, and I think that when you're on the outside looking in and anticipating that, um, and maybe expecting it to be really good, when you do come up against those challenges, it can be a little bit disorienting and can cause a lot of can cause a lot of guilt if you feel like you should be expecting it. Uh, I'm sorry, um, enjoying it. I think that in the midst of it, what we really need to remember is that God designed pregnancy and he knows better than anyone the struggles that come along with it Mm -hmm. and that he promises to gently lead those that are with young Mm -hmm. Um, and that as we're walking through those challenging things, God doesn't ask us to enjoy the challenging things. He just asks us to look to Him and to allow Him to walk us through that and to trust that He has a purpose even in a really difficult pregnancy Mm -hmm. and that often it's in the most difficult times in our lives that He does the most refining and beautiful work on the other side of it and those become a testimony of his faithfulness and goodness, even when it was really, really tough. And so there should be no guilt if it's difficult for someone and they're not enjoying it. And I think mm-hmm. even being honest with the Lord about that. Yeah. And if people ask, especially people who you feel safe with to say, you know what, I'm really having a hard time. Would you pray for me? Or do you have any encouragement to offer me? And to also be willing to be honest about the fact that it's really, really hard. And the Lord has put us in, His design for the body is that we would love one another and encourage one another and uphold one another and bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my encouragement is to be honest with the Lord about it, to bring it to Him, and to trust that He knows it better than anyone else, the struggles that you might be walking through, and then to ask Him to show you someone that you can share that with and who can bear that burden with you and who can encourage you and point you to Jesus through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so important for mothers to also be willing to accept help. Mm -hmm. And, um, you're talking to someone who has been horrible at that my whole life. (laughs) So I am just, yeah. Yeah. I I hear you there. I'm kind of a piece of work. Okay. Good. (laughs) No, I am totally the same. My first, my first sentence when I was like a year was I do it. Oh, so I hear you. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's similar to what one of mine was. But yeah, I mean, you know, God has made us a certain way, but we all face individual challenges, you know, because some of the things that are strengths, I'm going to just say strengths of ours, also can be weaknesses. It's so true. Yeah, yeah, and so we just have to learn how to steward steward those things well. Yes, and to manage, you know, all all of what comes with that. Well, but um, 
you know, I think that the accepting help part is so, so huge because mm-hmm. that's another huge way that we allow people to come into the picture with us. Yes. And to bless us, um, we're there, you know, it's not just us being blessed. They also are blessed by being able to help. Yes, exactly. Like how many of us, yeah, we, I know that when I have the opportunity to serve some, serve someone else and to give to them, it, I feel blessed. I feel that as well. So it's like, it's really huge deal. Um, and you know, I, I think it would be awesome to, you know, talk a little bit about for those who are listening who may not be actually walking through a difficult pregnancy mm-hmm. or pregnancy at all right now, mm-hmm. just talk about how we can support other mothers as they kind of navigate through these challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've kind of just mentioned it, you know, being a listening ear mm-hmm. um, and stuff, but maybe we can elaborate just a little bit more on how just different tangible and... Um, verbal ways that we can encourage them and lift them up Mm -hmm. and just walk with them through this. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's really good to remember is that if a mom is in a really difficult place or, you know, an expecting mother, they, it might be extremely difficult for them to ask for help. And and so if there's something particularly that comes to mind that you think maybe this might be something that that would be helpful, then to not be afraid to just offer that. Um, during my last pregnancy, um, I had been pretty quiet about the, the pretty significant struggles that I was walking through physically. And, um, one day I wasn't able to make it to church and my husband was talking to another older mom in the church and she asked how I was doing and Judah mentioned, Judah's my husband, um, that it was really, really tough. And the next day she called me and she said, I heard that it's really hard for you. Would you be okay with me setting up some meals? Hmm. And I, it was definitely something I would not have asked for. But what mm. I didn't know was that in the coming weeks that my health would actually get significantly worse. And so those meals were something that the Lord used in a very, like, I actually don't know what I would have done. My kids would have been living off of, like, graham crackers probably. Um, but it was someone's willingness to just take that step and say, can I do this for you? And then I had to be willing to accept it, but I would never have asked for that. So I think remembering that it's there, that mom might be feeling really vulnerable already. And so, Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. said, the fear of rejection, um, kind of pushing past that and saying what the worst they can say is no, thank you, (laughs) you know, or, um, that that's okay, but they might not. That might be exactly mm. what they need. And so if there's yeah. a specific thing that's put on your heart, whether it's, you know, if they're a mom who has other little kids, to say, would it be helpful for you if I took your kids to the park for a couple of hours so you can lay down and rest? Or mm. would you mind if I just came and cleaned your bathrooms? Or, you know, being very specific too about yes. the ways that people can help. Um, 
And more often than not, it probably will be helpful, especially Mm, if it's a mom who's thinking, if I was in that position, what would be helpful to me? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then I think just, uh, just doing things like I had people who would say, I'm running by your house with, you know, I'm going to be going past the Starbucks. Um, can I buy you a, can I get you something? Or, you know, just Mm, very impromptu, just, or, hey, I was thinking about you this morning and this verse came to mind and I just wanted to send it to you and let you know that I'm praying for you. And Mm, those kinds of things, just knowing that people are thinking about you, that can go a long way. Yeah, I was going to say that it's sometimes, it's not even about the thing, Mm -hmm. the item, the tangible gift, whatever. It's just, it's purely just knowing somebody cares enough to reach out and and do that for you yes yeah and I think you're reminding me of just how important it is that we do not fall into the trap of being too busy with things that are not serving anyone else Mm -hmm. um because we if if we fill up our lives with too many things whatever that is and that you know I don't even I don't want to get flack for saying that because (laughs) there are so many different things that fill up our life that are good that are necessary that are important but it's we have to leave room for serving others yes we have to leave room so that we're available um in my recent interview with um ruth joe simons Mm -hmm. she mentions the importance of just how she will get up and get dressed Mm -hmm. even if she wants to just be in like loungewear and stay in her pjs because it's an at-home day she'll still get up get dressed get herself you know to a, a to be you know, presentable enough that if someone comes to the door, she would feel comfortable welcoming, welcome, did not get that word right, <laughs> welcoming them in mm-hmm. to her home. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yes. And I think that is so important, even when we have young children. I mean, it's not always possible, mm-hmm. but I think that that's whether, so yeah, just availability mm-hmm. to either and be hospitable or to be available to go and serve someone else, even if it's just for an hour, you know? Yes. I, yeah. I think that is so, so good and so important. And I've actually had a lot of people ask me about the fact that I, um, I don't know that I, that I, they're like, you, you always look ready for the day. And, uh, as I was listening to that same interview with Ruth, I so resonated with that and was amening as I was actually (laughs) putting on my makeup (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I have seen that to be so true that, and especially like it helps me to remember that even as I'm going to serve my children, they need to see that I take serving them seriously and that it's important to me to be present and there Mm -hmm. it might not be this way for everyone but for me when I take the time to Mm -hmm. get dressed and to do you know just to do a little something with my hair and my makeup Mm -hmm. it's a statement to my own soul that what I am doing matters 
Yeah. And so it, plays, it yeah. puts a value, a greater value on it. Totally. Too, it? And so, and yes, that I am ready to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. And, and, um, that's, you know, like you said, sometimes, <laughs> especially when you have a lot of little kids, it can be really difficult with, especially the state of your home. Like, I think that that's been a big mm. thing for me. Yeah, that's a whole other topic, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that there's a need to, um, as much as it's up to you, like some circumstances are out of your control, but as much as the Lord shows us that it's up to us, that we need to have that like I Lord I'm ready to serve who you bring into my life today mm-hmm. and creating that space um like one thing a few years ago that my husband and I started doing was really uh being more intentional about our our days because they were getting filled up with lots and lots of good things and even a lot of serving. But we realized that there were certain areas of our lives that were getting really frayed around the edges. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was because we hadn't set specific time slots for things. And so certain things were getting way too much priority and other things were getting way too little priority. And for us, there has been, as we've, as we've prayerfully put that before the Lord, We've kept certain time slots open specifically for the purpose of serving other people, having them over to our home, um, being able to say, yeah, that's a day that I can make a meal and bring it to someone, or that if somebody says, are you available to talk or or to pray with me or whatever that I can say wholeheartedly, yes, because it's wide open. And that has, having that structure has actually brought a lot of freedom because I know that I do have that set aside time. And there, it's really true. Like the Lord says, it's so much more blessed to give than to receive. And that serving others, like he served, like when he said, I I haven't come to be served, but to serve. And when we take on that attitude of our Savior, that often that will bring the refreshment to us that we we need mm-hmm. and um, that there really is such a joy in making sure that we are, are staying outward focused. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Where can our listeners find you online, Heather? Well, I have a website. Um, it is heathercofer.com my instagram is at heathercofer um and then um i've also done quite a bit of writing for the ministry set apart girl and so um a lot i have about 6 years worth of articles on on there as well as some other there are some other really really good resources on there but um that is a place where um i have quite a bit of quite a bit of, I've shared quite a bit of my heart on there. (laughs) Yeah, that's so neat. And these are articles in the magazine or just online? So um, there are archives in there um, that are from, so they they take the the magazines and then they put those as individual articles or like posts almost online. Okay, so it's in both. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And do you want to just share about your book 
that is coming out. Is it going to be out around the time that this conversation airs? I would love to. So I have written a book called Expectant, Cultivating a Vision for Christ-Centered Pregnancy. And Lord willing, that will be launching in um, January 2020. Um, And so... There are more details about that on my website. Um, There's a book page on there. So um, if it's not out around the time this comes out, there um, is there's more information on there and more backstory on there about um, uh, why I felt like the Lord was prompting me to write that. And um, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. It's been a big process, but um, um, something I felt. (laughs) <laughs> very, very dependent on the Lord for each, each word and, and each page. Mm. But it's been an amazing thing to reflect on the ways that he has drawn me closer to himself and then shown himself to be so good and so powerful in, in the midst of walking through pregnancy. Yeah, you gave me the opportunity to um, read a little bit of um, your, was it the first draft? Yes. That you sent me? Yeah. I'm excited to read your book um, fully Mm. when it comes out. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely make sure to link to that so that, or everything that you've mentioned, we'll we'll have that in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. Yes, and I have one more fun little question for you if you want to answer this. If you had four hours all to yourself and someone had already cleaned your whole house Mm -hmm. for you, (laughs) how would you spend that time? Oh, well, I am someone who loves being creative. And so I would probably be doing some kind of creative project. Um, I really enjoy Right now, I'm really into modern calligraphy, so I might be doing something having to do with modern calligraphy, and then I love documentaries, so I might be watching a documentary or something like Anne of Green Gables while doing that, Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would almost certainly have a cup of coffee with me, Uh, and then Mm -hmm. if I had time left over, I would probably go browse an accessories store with a friend wow so (laughs) something (laughs) I am such an accessory girl I love earrings and scarves and uh hats sometimes (laughs) but um I would love doing that with with friends so what are your favorite stores well uh one of my favorites for accessories is Francesca's um, it's a little boutique store and they have such fun, especially their jewelry is really, really fun. Um, so I, that's one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, little boutiques are always fun to go into. Yeah, for sure. Cause they often have really unique, unique pieces, right? Yes, exactly. Is that what you find? Yeah. You know, I recently discovered like the skip, <laughs> the skip shop oh. on the BC ferries. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it was so random, Aww. and I was so excited because they had this amazing collection of earrings oh, that's and so fun. all kinds of jewelry, and I had so much fun. It was hilarious because <laughs> we went into the gift shop to get a little something for the kids, and I ended up spending more time in there than that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I resonate with that because I am such a gift shop person. <laughs> oh, it is so fun. Yeah. It's fun to look around for sure. Well, Christmas is coming up, so you'll get to do a lot more of that, I'm sure. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay. Heather, thanks so much for joining me today. It was such a privilege to talk to you. Yeah, thanks again, Linnell, for having me. I really enjoyed my time with Heather so much, and listening back to our conversation, I found myself even more in awe at how the gospel truly makes all the difference in how we as believers do life. How when we place our gaze on Jesus continuously day after day, that he truly does a work in us that can't be explained by the rest of the world. God's transformational power in our lives when we trust him completely can allow us to walk with unimaginable courage. I hope you've been challenged and encouraged today, friends. Make sure to check the show notes on where you can connect with Heather and learn more about her upcoming book release. Follow along with me on Instagram at Knowing Motherhood Podcast. And as always, I would be so grateful if you choose to leave a review today. Aside from listening and sharing these episodes, reviews are the greatest gift that you can give, honestly. They are a huge part of what helps Knowing Motherhood rank higher in searches, therefore allowing other mothers to find this impactful content faster. I am so grateful that you joined me here today, friends, and I'll see you next week.